Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Editor's Note. I'm Yair Pinto, and together with me as always is TV7 Israel, Editor-in-Chief Jonathan Hassan. How are you doing? Praise the Lord. I'm doing much better. Uh, obviously, last week I mm-hmm. had COVID, uh, so it forced me to work from home and write the news from there and prepare everything for uh, the various productions. But praise God, it's uh, behind me now, and uh, I'm uh, rejuvenated and re-engaged, uh, so to speak, from uh, the office and elsewhere. That's great. That's great. And uh, our viewers got to see, and everybody back at home got to see the... Um the other anchor that we have, Erin Weiner. Indeed. So I think it was... Uh, she did a great job, and uh, mm-hmm. we're thankful for having her. Definitely. So I think before we start, uh, we should ask God to pray, uh, to join us in prayer. And could you please join me in prayer from wherever you are around the world, that God will bless us, bless this program, and bless you. Our Father in heaven, thank you for this day. Thank you for... Uh, healing. Thank you for healing, Jonathan. We pray for complete healing for his surroundings, for his uh, family, that nobody will contract that uh, this virus, and that we can do your work here to the best of our abilities. We pray for guidance, for wisdom, also for this program, that you will lead what we say, and that our words will touch the heart's uh, of the people and everybody back at home, we pray for wisdom, and really we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Hashem Yeshua Mashiach, Amen. Jonathan, one word before we go to all the stuff that you have prepared, I think it's important, as I like to say, uh, for me to share with everybody back at home, especially the people that this is the first time or second time they uh, listen to editor's note. Many of you might know us from TV7 Israel News, that these are daily news broadcasts, but it's important to know that all of our productions here in Jerusalem is 100% donation-based. So we really need your help in order to maintain and to grow what we do. So if you think and you like what we do, please pray. And if God leads you to support us financially, go to our website at tv7israelnews.com. And it will really help us to grow, develop, and sustain, keep doing what we do. Just wanted to share with uh, the new people that don't really know us yet. Absolutely. And also to thank TV7 Mm -hmm. family, everybody at home from all over the world who are uh, joining together to support this endeavor. Mm -hmm. Um, With God's grace, it's it's going well. And uh, really, I I think, uh, obviously, uh, I believe that... uh, God provides. And mm-hmm. He is the one leading the people. But nonetheless, um, it's encouraging to see that people um, hear and heed yeah. the word of God and, and uh, the calling uh, to really uh, stand behind us, uh, grant us tailwind to do everything that we do and also encourage us. Uh, because obviously the intensity that comes with uh, what we do is uh, uh, not an easy process on a daily basis, mm-hmm. but... Uh, uh, it's encouraging and, and truly humbling to see so. Yeah, definitely. And more than finances, it's really encouraging to receive emails, 
to receive comments, you know, feedback. Some people send us a uh, regular mail with, uh, you know, thank you or stuff like that. Or it's good to see you. We love your program. It's really encouraging. Indeed. Absolutely. <laughs> well, okay. So you had a few Bible verses you wanted to share with our viewers or like a topic that touched your heart before we go to the... Well, I think one of the things that um, we'll talk about today... Mm-hmm. Uh, is obviously current affairs related, uh, and that is uh, the dispute over the territories. Um, when we're talking about the territories, Israel, the Levant, um, the whole area here, mm-hmm. uh, we can um, say that it's the epicenter in time immemorial of multiple historic events that took uh, place, uh, events that changed the course of humanity altogether, and God touched uh, this place not far from here. Uh, if we're looking at uh, uh, Jerusalem, uh, mm-hmm. just uh, down the road. Down the road, we are in Jerusalem, but down the road, the old city of Jerusalem, uh, we can really understand the the significance of Mount Moriah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually Moriah, uh, and the reason for Moriah is Mori is my teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it comes from the holiest name of the Lord. Uh, Adonai Yehovah, mm-hmm. uh, which ultimately means that God is my teacher. That is the point where uh, also God made the promise to uh, our forefather Abraham, mm-hmm. uh, where he uh, stopped him from sacrificing his own son Isaac and, and ultimately um, provided him with an alternative, uh, yep. with an alternative that uh, was also a beautiful analogy for what was to come uh, from the line of David, uh, who we believe to be our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Definitely. Um, but ultimately, the point of promise between God and man was done on the place where uh, uh, humankind defined that rock, they defined that hill as the place where God also taught us uh, the place where God teaches us an ongoing, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in a perpetual manner, and also the place where ultimately the Holy of Holies was established and, and uh, the temple surrounding it uh, in order to uh, allow God to be uh, in the midst of the people. And uh, ultimately, uh, God is in our hearts today and, and allows us to um, really journey with him if if we let him uh, mm-hmm. and if uh, you know he he is not distant from us we're distant from him that's different yeah he wants to be close to us he, all the time but you just cannot stand he wants us sin. to be close to him yes. all the time and ultimately it uh, is for us to take away the shame that was brought upon us by um, Adam and Eve to start with and going down that line of curse and, and I think we add a lot of sin ourselves absolutely, to that. absolutely but that opened the door definitely and that also indicates that one one wrong move and we're already in that context mm-hmm. of opening the door for so much more uh, which allows us at least this is my personal faith uh, to understand also the significance of the grace of God Mm-hmm. Uh, for he so loved the world that he provided us with a sacrifice with his only son. Again, that's special analogy. Yeah. And he provided his son for us to um, to not need an alternative, mm-hmm. but to have 
the, the ultimate sacrifice because that alternative, which was the alternative of Isaac, then became the ongoing sacrifice for so many yes. generations. Uh, and, uh, you know, those animals, um, I'm sure they're happy now that they don't need to go through that. Um, nevertheless, you know, God's yeah. grace is, is amazing. Now, I'd like to touch base on, on specifically... Mm-hmm. Uh, the the issue of um, the territories west of the Jordan River. Um, so we call them the West Bank. Obviously, that is the terminology uh, used, used to define those territories. And they've been then also um, become more secluded to specific territories, mm-hmm. uh, which were um, ultimately liberated in 1967 by the State of Israel during the Six-Day War, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there were multiple stages in that. Now, we'll go into legalities, we'll go into uh, various angles, and we'll understand, hopefully, uh, at the end of this uh, uh, session of the big topic, notes, yeah. uh, what it actually is about. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go initially to uh, 1947. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in 1947, the United Nations uh, passed a resolution, Resolution 181, and, and this resolution was passed um, calling for the partition of uh, the, the lands of Palestine, okay, at the time, under British mandate, mm-hmm. into Arab and, uh, into an Arab state and a Jewish state, okay, those mm-hmm. two States, they were actually defined as entities, but that's a different story. With the city of Jerusalem as a corpus uh, separatum, meaning which means basically an, uh, a separate entity mm-hmm. which was supposed to be under international governance. So the government of the United Nations or multiple uh, powers that okay. would govern Jerusalem. It is very interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking in, in practicality, how can such a thing Indeed. Back function? in the day, uh, it was a viable option uh, for the powers because the powers wanted to maintain this piece of land. Of course, there mm-hmm. is much more behind this um, than just taking care of Jerusalem. But it was also, uh, practically speaking, an explosive issue yeah. for Jerusalem mm-hmm. that for... Uh, many, many centuries uh, was the course of, of many wars, of course, and we'll go also down. Still, still is, yeah. Indeed. So <clears throat> that happened back then. Of course, not every resolution provides uh, uh, for reality. Uh, mm-hmm. But if we go down the road again, going to 1967, mm-hmm. the United Nations Security Council, following the Six-Day War and, and everything that occurred, as a result of that, including Israel reclaiming the lands of its forefathers mm-hmm. um, in specifically uh, the, the areas west of the Jordan River, uh, Judea, Samaria, the Jordan uh, Valley. Mm-hmm. The Jordan Valley back in the days of, of biblical times was actually um, separated between Judea, Samaria, and, and other um, tribes at the time. So. It is part, but it's not part. That's why when you say the, uh, the West Bank, you mean multiple areas, and not just Judea and Samaria. Judea and Samaria was part of it. Part of yes. It. And then uh, it was adopted under Chapter Six, so it's a non-binding resolution. 
Okay. The United Nations, which is an important uh, point. Meaning so that UN you charter, don't have to do it? What's no, the it's, it's not a binding. It means that it doesn't have sanctions if it doesn't immediately I, happen. It's a, so it's okay, kind of like so, a recommendation. So it's a recommendation with uh, the international community acknowledging that this is the direction where we want uh -huh. to go. Now, okay. uh, the preamble refers to the inadmissibility of the acquisition of territory by war, uh, something that, again, speaks about not being able to occupy foreign lands um, and the need to work for a just and lasting peace mm -hmm. in the Middle East in which... Uh, uh, every state in the area can live in security and so on mm -hmm. and so forth. Now, it's very important to understand that those resolutions came from a, a perspective that, yes, Jews were entitled for the land, but not everybody agreed to that. Mm -hmm. So there are interests beyond those entitlements. Now, uh, the interesting thing is now, uh, under international law, and this is something that I want to Mm -hmm. focus on that's one of the points that i wanted to make um and i wrote it down so it's as clear <laughs> as possible in international law territory is considered occupied when it is actually placed under the authority of the hostile army okay so the victor the one who is victorious the hostile army meaning the, the army that comes from outside and takes over territory of the indigenous so-called inhabitants mm -hmm. of the land, okay? The definition of occupation and the obligations of the occupying power were initially confined at the end of the 19th uh, century. Um, the definition still is still in force and commonly used nowadays in the one contained in the regulations concerning the laws and customs mm -hmm. of uh, war on land and acts to the Fourth Hague Convention of uh, uh, the 18th of August, 1907. Uh, sections th uh, three, particularly of the regulation, details to rights and obligations of the military authority over enemy territory. Now, again, we need to understand this is a hostile army taking over foreign lands. Okay, got it. Now, this basically enshrined the so-called claiming that Israel is an occupying power. Again, calling Israel the foreign hostile army mm -hmm. um, under United Nations Security Council Resolution 2334, which was adopted uh, in 2016 when the Obama administration was just about to leave office. The Democrats already lost yes. uh, the, the presidency, the White House. Um, and it concerned Israel, obviously, the, uh, the Israeli settlements in particular in the so-called occupied territories. As in the West Bank, yeah. Them. Uh, in Palestinian territories occupied since 1967, including East Jerusalem. That was the definition in the UN resolution. Mm -hmm. So they already, without negotiations, without anything, defined Israel as the hostile army yes. taking over a foreign land. Which is absurd okay. just looking at the wars. Including East Jerusalem. Yeah. So let's continue from there. The resolution states that Israel's settlement activity constitutes a flagrant violation of international law and has no legal validity. Mm -hmm. It demands that Israel stop such activity and fulfill its obligations as an occupying power. Now, uh, there are the five permanent members of the UN Security Council who have a veto power. Usually the United States protects Israel under uh, most circumstances from uh, those kind of uh, situations because it says, look, uh, ultimately, 
the foundation of Israel is biblical foundation. Mm-hmm. So those territories, they're disputed. But there is a claim. There is the, a reason. Yes. There is a claim to those territories as well. Now, under the Obama administration, by the way, it's not only Obama. There were others also before mm-hmm. that. But particularly under Obama, they highlighted the whole aspect of Palestinian territories. So these are already defined as Palestinian territories, even though Palestinians never control those territories in history. And we'll go there as well. <laughs> okay. Um, since 1967, okay, so who controlled those territories before 1967? In reality or? In reality. Well, the, the, British, the British mandate. No. Right? No, no, no. Then no. who? Who controlled? Jordan. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. The Hashemite Kingdom of Jordan, under uh, initially Amir Abdullah yes. and, and subsequently uh, King Abdullah the the first and uh, uh, King Hussein uh, the, the so on and so forth until it came to uh, the King Hussein the second who was ultimately the fa- the father of, of, of Abdullah the second currently. Okay. So when we're going through history. Since the British mandate until Israel, the one occupying power was actually the Hashemite monarchy or the Hashemite mm-hmm. dynasty, which came from Saudi Arabia, okay, and okay. then claimed the east bank of the Jordan River based on something that the Brits actually granted them mm-hmm. because of their assistance in the war against the Ottomans. Mm-hmm. So now they they asked, actually, at the time, let us also control the West Bank. They said, no, of course, we spoke about this in the mm-hmm. past. And uh, there was the whole partition uh, in Resolution 181. There were other discussions about this, of course, and, and uh, uh, various agreements mm-hmm. and discussions at the Cairo uh, conference uh, where Winston Churchill visited. We spoke about it in the past as well. Definitely. There were variables to mm-hmm. this issue. Now, let's put this here uh, for under the, the Obama administration. Um, it decided to abstain while the United Kingdom, France, China, and Russia voted in favor of the resolution. So basically, the, the negotiations, everybody's saying uh, negotiations between both sides should be uh, bring about a final solution yeah. to the problem and to the conflict detaching themselves from uh, reality. Um, they decided defining, for, for everybody here. These are the, the principal uh, boundaries of a future Palestinian state. Israel, deal with it. Take out your settlements. We call upon you to do so. And uh, hopefully someday some administration will come and, and try and uh, resolve this issue. Mm-hmm. Of course, this was one big farce. Uh, there were multiple issues uh, that had to do with this. And um, this seemed like uh, action in spite of uh, the the realities and, and um, interests, mm-hmm. even of the United States in, in this matter, and even of the United Kingdom and, and France that are veto members in, in this uh, context, they worked against their own national security interests, against their own interests, and did this because of a quarrel between the Obama administration and the Netanyahu government here in Jerusalem at the time. Really? So this had a lot to do with that. It also has to do with domestic issues in the United States, but we won't go uh, to those points. 
in my genuine opinion, okay, and we're going to back this up right now, these are not occupied territories. These are particularly disputed territories. And I'll explain why. So we know that ultimately the United Monarchy of Israel and Judah, after um, the foreign occupier power, King David, okay, came to the Jebusites, he entered the land and conquered the Jebusite city of Mm -hmm. Yerushalem, okay? Yerushalem, uh, the, the place that ultimately some claim in historian context that have nothing to do with um, with God, you know, historians that are seculars mostly mm-hmm. claim that it was, you know, worshippers of the sun god. Uh, other historians that are more religiously inclined and more spiritually based, uh, nonetheless very academically inclined as mm-hmm. well, uh, defined it in particular back in, in the fourth century, and, and uh, there were some ref- references to it, and, and uh, the eighth century. Um, they spoke particularly about uh, Yerushalem, uh, the place where Yerat Adonai Shlemahi, where the fear of the Lord is complete. Okay. Interesting. Which is a very interesting definition. I like this definition, so I'm going to go with it. <laughs> and this was before, like, Jews or Israel conquered This it. was before uh, King David conquered the, the city. So uh, these are, are like Gentiles. These are Gentiles. Don't forget that many Gentiles uh, worshipped the God of Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we know about my forefather. Okay. I come from a very specific line. Jethro, uh, the father-in-law of Moses. Yes. Uh, ultimately, he was a Midianite. Yeah. You yeah. know, and but uh, what does the Bible say about him? That he was a, a high priest who praised the Lord, who was worshiping the Lord, who was serving the Lord. That's cool. This indicates that there were others that were still worshiping the Lord during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, I don't know what the context there specifically is because there is not enough data about this, and mm-hmm. we can't speculate and analyze and, and so on and so forth. It's not going to help because Definitely. it's not data-driven. Yeah, back to back to what you were but saying. Yeah. going back to those points is that if we go through history, since that time, 1050 BCE, we had the United Monarchy of Israel and Judah. Um, then there was the separation, mm-hmm. of course, in 1930 BC until 587 BC uh, was the Kingdom of Judah. There was, of course, the Persian occupation during that time, mm-hmm. and with a few um, attempts to reclaim independence, uh, which failed ultimately. The kingdom of Judah was destroyed, and there was the first exile. Uh, all in all, independent sovereignty at the time was 75 years. Okay? That's it. Subsequently, okay. in 140 BCE, there was the uh, Hashmonaim, yeah. okay, the Maccabee revolt, and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. 140 BCE until 37 BCE. Uh, then there was, of course, uh, their defeat, the Roman occupation. But all in all, 66 years of independence. Sovereign. That's it. That's it. Okay. Okay. So when we look at the big picture and and try to analyze the situation, of course, Herod was a Jewish uh, king or or, um, whatever you want to define him, but he was under Roman authority. Mm -hmm. So there was no sovereignty there. There was no independence there. Um, After that, of course, there were different 
leaders within uh, or empires that control the land, if it's the Byzantine, the Eastern Roman Empire, mm -hmm. uh, between 600 and uh, 34 to 638, the Rashidun Caliphate mm -hmm. entered and defeated ultimately the Byzantines, which were basically uh, the first time the Arabs invaded the land. So we're talking here about quite a significant period before the mm -hmm. Arabs actually mm -hmm. entered the land. They didn't even conquer Syria at the time, okay? They didn't have Syria. All this territory, the Levant, was not Arab, mm -hmm. okay? Then we're going uh, to uh, the Ayyubids uh, in 1187, uh, going uh, during that time, by the way, also Jews joined the army of Salahuddin, okay? That, that's interesting. To yeah. fight against uh, the Christian uh, or the kingdom of Jerusalem, because they wanted uh, the favor of the victor in order to gain certain lands. And indeed, uh, Salahuddin uh, stayed true and, and invited Jews to re-enter Jerusalem after a period where there were no Jews in Jerusalem. Because they helped them. Indeed. So mm -hmm. there are different aspects in that. Then we're going from Salahuddin uh, all the way to 1291, the Mamluks. Mm -hmm. The Mamluks were ultimately defeated in 1517 by the Ottomans, and then 400 years later, First World War, we had the British that conquered the land. Uh, of course, they defeated the Ottoman Empire mm -hmm. in uh, 1917, World War I. Uh, Winston Churchill arrived ultimately at the Augusta Victoria here in, in Jerusalem, not far from here, yeah. not far from here yeah. and the Ottomans signed a surrender then started the British Mandate. Wow. You understand? Yeah. So uh, the British Mandate turned then into the discussion, should we separate this whole story? But there were kingdoms of Judah here. There was the Kingdom of Judah. There was the Kingdom of Israel mm -hmm. at two sovereign independent states. And then so-called indigenous people of the land come back and the international community that tries to protect indigenous peoples yeah. says, no, it's been too long ago. Let's yeah, let's restart let's it. restart and try and redefine this land because they were here longer since they occupied you. I like this. Okay, yeah. so uh, there is a lot of, of uh, hypocrisy here, and, and this is the story. The story is the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Do you define the Word of God? Do you define the Bible as the ultimate truth that grants you the foundation mm -hmm. for the land of Israel? Don't forget, even Ben-Gurion was a secular but he defined every move according to the Bible because he knew that this is the only foundation for the right of the Jews to be here in the land. So we need to take everything in context. We mm -hmm. need to understand that this is also a matter of understanding the foundation mm -hmm. and understanding that this is also as much spiritual as it is physical. Definitely. And therefore, we need to uh, keep this in mind. Um, nonetheless, and we have five seconds um, I encourage our, uh, our uh, brethren and sister in at home, everybody watching us, to read Exodus 22, 21 mm -hmm. to 24, and Leviticus 19, 33 to 34. Mm -hmm. God instructs us, despite the fact that we are so-called those who are uh, controlling those lands, to take care of those who live amongst us who are no. not part of our people. Definitely. And therefore, we have a responsibility towards them which there are also consequences if we don't do so. Mm -hmm. So we need also to keep that in mind. 
And until uh, the next time, we'll discuss so much more. But uh, Thank you, Jonathan. My pleasure. <laughs> and thank you to our family back at home. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Editor's Note. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.